Paul's second letter to the Corinthians 4 6-15. Brethren, it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For while we live we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I believed, and so I spoke, we too believe, and so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving, to the glory of God. Dash, 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 dash. There are two things going on here as Paul begins this passage. The first is the parallel he is using between creation and the new creation of the Incarnation. When God created all things, He did so by speaking. The first chapter of Genesis shows this in its use of and God said. And there was. Just as the Spirit of God passed over the shapeless watery earth and spoke all things into being, so too the Spirit of God passed over the Virgin Mary, with her permission, and began the Incarnation. This is one reason that Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. God spoke all of creation into being and God, in Jesus Christ, recreated mankind with Jesus as the second Adam. In the same way that God spoke light into being at creation, God spoke the light of the Gospel into being with the Incarnation. It is Jesus Christ, as the light of the world, that brings light to the darkness of the post-fall world. Paul emphasizes the fact that Jesus is truly man by his use of the phrase, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Man's restoration from the fall into sin has become a reality, not because of anything that man has done but solely because of the Incarnation. As Paul says, the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. Left to his own, mankind can do nothing to restore himself to God. He is enslaved to sin and death and completely incapable. As Paul continues, he begins explaining how reality has changed with the Incarnation and the law of the Old Covenant. Prior to the Incarnation, to be a faithful part of the people of God, one was required to follow the details of the law. When faithful, men would be blessed with long life, health, many children, peace in the land, and abundant crops. When unfaithful, the reverse would happen. But as Paul shows here, this is no longer the case. We are no longer limited to merely the comforts of temporal life. Instead of a focus on following rules and laws written on stone, with nothing to hope for after the grave, we now understand that this life is a time to imitate Jesus Christ. Being freed from the power of sin and death, we have the option to do what is right and to become holy. Paul explains how, now that the people of God are those who have been baptized into Jesus Christ, we can expect those who are not for Christ, to oppress us. We can expect to suffer and struggle as we try to live in holiness. But this suffering is only for a short time. Even though we suffer, we must understand that this suffering should not have a negative impact upon us. Like an athlete who pushes his body and suffers for it, he will see improvement. Like the man who eats healthy and does not eat for pleasure, he will enjoy a long, healthy life. So too, the Christian who makes loving God and loving his neighbor the focus of his life, will see growth, improvement, and holiness, despite being oppressed by those outside the church. Paul quotes from Psalm 116, by saying, I believed, and so I spoke. This small phrase appears in the context of David lamenting his suffering from the hands of others but at the same time, he knows that God is with him. What David could only look forward to, that is, the coming Messiah, 
we now experience. David lived in a world of rules and laws with nothing but fear and separation after death. But we, as part of the body of Christ, have nothing to fear. For God has freed us from the power of sin and death and despite all temporal suffering we may endure, we have eternal life and genuine holiness to experience now and in the future. The faith that David exercised is the same faith that we have now. David was looking forward to what was to come but we live in the new life and light of the new covenant. We are part of the people of God, the Church, which is filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. Paul closes this passage with reference to the great promise we have as the people of God. Unlike those who lived before the Incarnation, we have eternal life ahead of us in the immediate presence of God. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, so too we, who are baptized into Him, will rise from the dead as well. Eternity will not be a disembodied state, floating among the clouds and playing harps. At the final judgment all will be resurrected into physical bodies, in which they will live for eternity. The quality of that eternal state will be determined by how and what one did with life on earth. The greater one strove toward an imitation of Christ, the holier that one will have become and the greater the glory he will enjoy in God's presence. The more self-centered and comfort-driven one was in life, the less appealing holiness will be in eternity. The selfish man who did not find holiness worth pursuing will not enjoy an eternity in the holiness of God and thus he will suffer because of his own foolishness. Paul's final comment is that of works and fruit. The greater and further that the grace of God extends across creation, the more thanksgiving will be uttered and lived and the better life will be for all men. Blessing comes from a pursuit of holiness.